Hello, and welcome to the Major Gifts Fundraiser podcast. I'm Monica Van Deventer. Let me tell you a little bit about the tribe we're building here at Major Gifts Fundraiser. We're working with people like you who want to be among the very best in this field. You want to accomplish great things. You want to challenge yourself. You want to grow, and you are up for going on a journey because you know a journey is what it takes to become the very best version of yourself. You're listening to this podcast because you know that in order to be a great fundraiser, you have to spend time thinking about how you'll be a great fundraiser. You can learn more about our new online training programs at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. And without further ado, here's Clark. Buenos dias, mis amigos. Clark Van Deventer here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. As I click record, January 20th, January 20th, and I'm telling you to pull your lie button list. But I'm telling you, this is a very important task to do right now. All right, more on that in a minute. All right, um, I mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast. We're about to send out some dates. I've opened up my calendar for some strategic fundraising workshops uh, and I've got, I'm looking at my calendar. I've already got these dates that I'm, I'm blocking to do these. Um, this is where you can bring me into your organization. Uh, we'll, we'll put together a strategic fundraising workshop, which is kind of like a seminar, right? Think about the best seminar you've ever been to. But this one is custom tailored for you. Right? Like you've been to these seminars where you're with like 100 other organizations or 20 other organizations and you have specific questions you want to ask or you have donor sensitive information that you'd love to ask a question about, but you can't do that in this public setting. Um, right? Like that's so annoying about a conference, right? Conferences are great in so many ways, but man. You can bring me in and we can dig in and talk about issues that are specific to you. So the way these work, um, day one is a travel day for me. I travel to you. I arrive in time for us to have dinner together. This is just a chance for us to just establish rapport with one another, get to know the, each other, the flow of conversation, um, talk a little bit of business about what we want to accomplish the next day, Just kind of, just kind of get rolling. Um, and then day two, we're in your office and we're digging in. I'm going to have some materials prepared for you. Uh, I'm going to have asked you in advance to run some reports so we can look at some things together. So, um, yeah, these are fantastic. You, your team, me, all together in person troubleshooting your actual issues. And this is a great time of year to do these, right? It's like if we can spend a few days together um, Man, you can you can really plan out your whole year, and then from this point on, all you have to do is execute and write your like past episodes of the podcast I've talked about. You just all you need to do is make an epic plan. If you put together an epic plan for your year, all you have to do is execute. So email me Clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. That's Clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com. By the way, I love doing these. I love them. They're so much fun. I get totally jazzed. I really do. And, and we'll get out as soon as you book it. I, I have a kind of an intake thing I'm going to send you or we're going to get some questions and we'll get rolling. So they're fantastic. All right. Well, let's talk about your light button list. All right. Now, 
you're like, wait, what month is this, right? Because the LIBA list is something we typically do in the fall, right? It's like, I always say October 31st, that's when I pull my LIBA list for the first time and I'm scanning it, I'm looking who's on it, what names pop out. And some of those names, I'm like, okay, no worries, right? Like they give the last week of December every year. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm not worried. I'm also not forgetting them, right? Like I don't take for granted that they're going to give again. I find ways to put myself in front of that donor. Uh, some of these donors are reclusive. Uh, there are donors who give every year the last week of December, and I know almost nothing about them. And it's not for lack of trying, right? Like these are people who I've, who I've made, I've done all of my, all the moves I talk about on this podcast, all the work that I do, right? The, the moves that I, I make trying to increase the likelihood of getting the visit. I mean, of course I've reached out to them, tried to get meetings. It won't take meetings, uh, but whatever way I can be in front of this donor, right? If it's someone who I have a relationship with, who I can sit in their living room, uh, or if it's a donor who I just send things in the mail and never hear back, I'm trying to be in front of them and affirm their past support. Talk about how their gifts have made a difference, um, right? Just trying to be in front of these donors at year end. And then I go into November and November is Thanksgiving month. I make November all about expressing gratitude and gratitude is such an attractive quality that just by exuding gratitude, our donors feel compelled to give. And by the way, yes, I, I sure hope you feel real and genuine gratitude that you're not just feigning it, right? And then, of course, at the end of November, we come to Giving Tuesday, and we have the year-end appeal, and there are all these things happening that act as sort of forcing functions that prompt our donors to give, right? And remember, Giving Tuesday or year-end, these are not the case for support. They are not the reason to give. Right, your mission, the difference you are making in the world or will make in the world, that's the case for support. And then, and then Giving Tuesday or year end, these are the forcing functions that get people to give. All right. And yes, I know, I know, I know, I know that right after the first of the year, you looked at who gave and who didn't give. And there was some reporting done and there were some numbers shared and there was some hedging and there was some hemming and hawing about some gifts may still come in. And all right. But now here we are. Man, it's the end of January is approaching. On the 15th, I was up early and I was writing in my own personal journal. And I wrote 15th. I could, I could, if this were a video cast, I could open up my journal and I could show you. On the 15th, I wrote the year was 124th of the way over. So here we are approaching the end of January, and the year will soon be 112th of the way over. And you've moved on to bigger and better things than that old Leibmann list. And here I am today, and I'm asking you to pick it back up. All right, so it's 2023 now. All right. Who gave in 2021 but did not give in 2022? Uh, especially if this person is a person who has given multiple gifts to your institution. All right, okay, if I'm prioritizing my time, if this is a big list, I'm looking at people who, 
who had given previously, especially if they gave in 2021, right? They, not 1999, right? But they gave in 2021 and not in 2022. And if I'm if this is a big list and I'm prioritizing my time, I'm going to focus on people who have given multiple gifts, multiple gifts to your institution, not someone who gave a one time gift of one hundred dollars in March of 2021. All right. But by the way, that's another conversation we could have. Right. Like what's up with your thank you and stewardship process? Why are you not getting second gifts or turning people into recurring donors? So I mentioned our Stewardship Basics scorecard on the last podcast. This is a test that you can take where you'll get a score and you'll find out how you're doing at thinking and stewarding your donors. And I want you rocking that. I want you rocking that game because if you rock that game, you don't have much of a light button list. All right. But for this conversation today, right, you're looking at your light button list. I want you to especially look at people who've given multiple gifts to your institutions. They have, they previously have a habit, right? They've given multiple gifts. They have a habit of giving to your organization. And now, right now, they are on the verge of establishing a new habit. They are on the verge of establishing a habit of not giving to your institution. So right now is a critical time. If they do not give in the next few months, the likelihood of them ever giving to your organization again drops significantly. All right. And maybe you are in front of them a bunch at year end and they didn't give. And you're you're like, look, I tried I for three months. Clark, I did all that stuff. I, I expressed gratitude and Right, we talked mission, vision, values, and we gave them the forcing function of giving Tuesday and year end, and they didn't give. But right, there's a lot of noise at year end. Like you are the noise. Okay. So if I were in your position, I would work to love on that donor right now. All right. And right now, I would be reporting, I would be telling stories, I would be celebrating all of the amazing things your organization did last year. Shout it from the rooftops, all right? And take some time to give special attention to those, especially those who've given multiple gifts to your organization but did not give last year, all right? Some people say, well, like they didn't give, right? Like I got to prioritize. Who cares if they didn't give, right? Act like they did. Express gratitude. Say how thankful you are to everyone who is partnering with you to accomplish your mission. And then I would look for a new, after you do that, lots of reporting, right? Lots of championing, lots of shouting from the rooftops, lots of expressing gratitude. And then after I've done that, I would look for a new forcing function in the first quarter of the year that could be the prompt that gets them to give again. All right. Uh, We love running these, by the way. Uh, You can work with us to run a mini campaign. So we take about 60 days working together about about the first half, about the first 30 days is behind the scenes. It's background work. And then the second 30 days are public. And it's a short mini campaign where we're trying to raise a specific amount of money for a specific project. Um, 
and we have a few goals with these campaigns, right? So first, we want to raise a right. It's a specific amount of money uh, for a specific project with a specific deadline, like thirty days, right? So this is an amount of money that that we believe that you like. This isn't pie in the sky. Like this is an amount of money we could raise in thirty days. Um, and if we had one donor write the check, we would not accomplish all of our objectives. Because we also, we want to attract new donors. We want to get new people to give. All right. And third, all right. Now this, this is what, this is why I'm talking about these, right? Because this is, we're talking about the light button list. And the third goal we have with these campaigns is to recapture last donors. Right. So this specifically addresses your problem with your leftover names on the live button list, recapturing lapsed donors. Um, and then the fourth objective with these campaigns is to find donors who will upgrade, donors who have previously given $100 who will now jump to 500, or donors who have previously given 1,000 who will jump to 5,000. Um, and there's there's re, there's a lot, okay, we could talk a lot, a lot about a lot of different things in that sentence, in that objective. Um, and then finally, we wanna, we want to help you develop messaging that has a long tail benefit. Uh, but the spring is a great time to do these because you are at a critical juncture with these people who did not give in the last calendar year, right? They are about to establish the habit of not giving to you. We want them to establish the habit of giving to you. All right. That's all I've got for you today. Uh, man, I hope your year is off to a great start. I personally, I'm just wrapping up week two of three of a, I, I call it a micro routine, Monday through Friday. I'm waking up every morning at 5 a.m. Doing some different things, looking at my work in some different ways, and I'm calibrating across the board. It's awesome. So refreshing. Spiritually relationally, diet, exercise, my work. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, so I hope your year also is off to a great start. All right. As always, if I can be helpful to you, feel free to reach out. And hey, I want to get some shout outs. I always appreciate people who actually take me up on this offer. I love it. So, all right, Carly. All right, Carly. Eli. Hey, Eli. All right. Heather, yes, Heather, I'm looking at you. Dan, Hudson, Joanne. All right, these are just a few people who in the past few weeks have contacted me after listening to the podcast. So, all right, Carly, Eli, Heather, Dan, Hudson, Joanne, shout out. Uh, I appreciate you listening and I appreciate the opportunity to speak into your life and your career through the podcast. All right. Hey, and, and to each of you, right? Thank you for being bold enough and aggressive enough to email me and ask me to do more, <laughs> right? I, you're leaning in more and trying to clarify something, asking for my strategic questions, whatever it is. All right. So the email, Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. That's Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. All right. Now that really is all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.
Hey guys, thanks for listening. Monica here again. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our workshops and how you can bring Clark into your organization for a day or two workshop where he works directly with you and your team in your office. If you're benefiting from these podcasts, imagine how much more you could accomplish with Clark spending a couple days in your office. You can book a strategic development workshop with Clark. This all starts with Clark getting together on a long call with you, either over the phone or video conference. He's going to dig in. He's going to find out who you are, what your organization's about, what challenges you face, and just where you're at in general. Then he's going to provide a written development report. This report is something that you could give to your boss or your board. It's a professional outside assessment of where your organization is at. And that call is really important because Clark wants to know where you are so that when he comes in, he can spend his time addressing the issues that are most pertinent to you and where you guys are as an organization. So Clark's going to travel to you. He's going to get on a flight. He's going to come out to wherever you are and spend some time with you and your team. There's a real synergy that happens during these workshops. Everybody's on the same page. They're hearing the same message. They're starting to talk in the same vocabulary it's really powerful and you know when clark first got started in fundraising he was fortunate to have access to really great training he went to professional seminars led by the best fundraising coaches of their time but still he would leave and get back to his office and be back in the trenches and even after having all that great training when it was time to actually get back to work he felt a little bit lost. There were doubts that crept in. How do I make this relevant to me? Then the organization he worked for hired one of those speakers, one of those coaches who was leading the seminars to come to their office and coach them directly. They did this multiple times and it was amazing. Clark got to spend some time with Gerald Panis. If you know him, you know how amazing he was at fundraising. And he got to travel with Jerry and meet with donors. Jerry became a mentor to Clark and that meant so much to his career because Jerry was the best fundraising coach of his time, hands down. He was a legend. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but he lived to be 89 and he was full of life to the end. Still, of course, it's very sad that Jerry is gone. But I think Clark is the Jerry Panis of this next generation. He has a letter from Jerry and it was written on Clark's behalf to a university president, and he wrote, Clark knows how to manage people. He works effectively with volunteers and board members. He knows every aspect of fundraising and operating a development office. Best of all, he loves asking for gifts. He's a star. I can't recommend these in-house workshops enough. They're a shot in the arm for your organization and you'll be so inspired, but not just inspired. You're going to feel motivated and equipped to take on the world. To find out more about these workshops, email me at Monica at Major Gifts Fundraiser. That's Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A at Major Gifts Fundraiser.com. Thanks for listening.